look good this morning. Are you glad to be here? Hey, hey. I want to make mention of a couple of things, uh, some details that you need to know of that uh, were just uh, discovered, basically. The youth bonfire and everything that was scheduled for this Wednesday, that is going to be moved, uh, not the bonfire, but your presence is going to be moved to 30 Clarksville Street. We will not have a bonfire in that building, but... (laughs) But uh, you'll need to be there for a fun night this Wednesday night. And then for the team night next, uh, the team party next Sunday night, that is going to be here in this building uh, uh, for every person that serves on any team. So any any capacity, wherever you serve in the church, uh, you can be here next Sunday night. Food will be provided. Child care will be provided. There's going to be a link um, online that will be out on social media this week where you can register your kids for childcare. So we'll know how much food to have for them, how to be prepared for that and all that good stuff. So we'll be looking for that this week and we'll be having all those details out there for you again. And I want to welcome those of you that are watching online, maybe live or at a later time. We're excited that you are here and I want to jump right in. Um, we're going to start with, with a few verses this is a uh, this is a subject. Part of this subject is something that I shared with um, the leadership team several months back, and I felt like it was what the Lord would have me to share with you today. And so I just want to ask you to open your heart, open your mind, and just hear what God wants to say to you today. But we're going to start in John chapter one, verses nineteen through forty-one. And get some context for where we're going and then talk about it for just a few moments. So starting in verse 19, this is what John says. says, This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well then, who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No, then who are you? Now, this is just a little pause here for those of us that have kids that ask the same question over and over and over again when you have answered the question. Um, they're not giving up on this, and here's the reason why. I love how the Bible puts this. They say, then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. In other words, there are some people that sent us to come find out some information from you, and you are not satisfying the the answer that we need to be able to take back to them. So we're going to keep asking you in different roundabout ways until you answer the question. It says, what do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. What a view that John has of Jesus that he would say, though his ministry is coming after mine and you've seen the things that I've been doing, I'm not even worthy to bend down and untie his sandal. There's somebody much greater than me that is coming, and I'm trying to prepare you for him. Verse 28, this encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, The one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who had heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today on this subject. I've titled the message, if you're taking notes, The Focus, The Question, and The Result. Come on, look at the person sitting next to you and say, you need the right focus, you need to answer a question, and you need to know the result. And God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me how you want to speak through me, that it would be made clear and that you would change hearts, that you would do what only you can do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So as we read through the story where Jesus' ministry, this is really where Jesus' ministry is beginning. This is where the whole thing is getting started. And as we read through this, I think there are a few things that, that I want to point out to you, I want to show us today. Uh, that I believe we can learn from, that we can grow from, that we can understand better what, what I believe God is wanting for our lives. And here's the first one. No matter what our calling and purpose is in life, we should make it all about Jesus. You need to know <laughs> that you are called. I don't. It doesn't matter what your calling is. It doesn't matter what your purpose is. It doesn't matter why you moved here. It doesn't matter why you're sitting in this seat right now. It doesn't matter what's going on in your, your purpose. We all have one purpose in common, and that's to make it all about Jesus, that everything is about Jesus. And I want to point this out to you in a few verses that we read just a moment ago because John does this a few different times. And maybe you read through this and you just pass right over it and you miss some of the stuff that John does. But I want to read through some of these again. In verses 22 and 23, they're asking him, who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. Who do you, what do you have to say about yourself? And here's John's reply. In the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. In other words, you're asking the wrong question. You want to know what I have to say about me. Here's what I have to say about me. This is all about Jesus. I'm making it all about Jesus. And then we see in verse 24. Then the Pharisees who had been sent, they don't give up, right? They're not going to let it go. They asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? 
John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. The Pharisees are not letting it go. (laughs) They're not going to let it go. And they're asking him again, okay, let's rephrase the question. Let me ask it in a different way. If you're not this person and you're not this person and you're not the person that we've been waiting on for all these years, then what, then what gives you the right to be able to do this? And here's what John's response is. It's all about Jesus. There's somebody, you're here talking to me, and there's somebody right here among you that you don't even recognize who is greater than me, and I'm not even worthy to bend down and untie his sandal. He's making it all about Jesus. And then in verses 29 and 30. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. John sees Jesus coming toward him and he directs everyone's attention to Jesus. And then in verses 35 and 36, The following day John was again standing with two of his his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. What's interesting to me about this time is that the Bible tells us that he's standing there with two people that are following him. Two people that are that are that are helping him. Two people that have been a part of his ministry. Two people that are standing here with him and maybe they're talking about what is to come or whatever it is and they see Jesus walking by and John says There is Jesus. There is the guy that you have been waiting on, that I have been waiting on. And immediately those two people that are standing with John are like, see ya. (laughs) We're going with him. (laughs) If that's the guy we've been waiting on, we're going with him. And I wonder today if there are any of us here who could actually say that we make it all about Jesus. It's quiet in the room today. I wonder if there are some people here that could actually say, I make it all about Jesus. In my marriage, I make it all about Jesus. Raising my kids, I make it all about Jesus. At the bank that I work at, I make it all about Jesus. When I'm at impact on Sunday, I make it all about Jesus. When I gather with my friends, it's all about Jesus. When someone asks me why I believe what I believe, it's all about Jesus. I wonder if there are any people in the room today that could really say, you know what, the way that I live my life is to point people to Jesus. It's to see Jesus walking by and everybody that's around me, that's who you need to follow. It's to see Jesus standing by and everybody that 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 I'm associated with, there's the guy that you need to pay attention to. Can I can I let you in on a little secret and maybe it'll bust your bubble a little bit? I don't know, but this life is not about you. It's not about you. Too often, we make it all about us. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about how I feel. This life is not about you. This life is about Jesus. And John knew that his calling, his life was all about Jesus. And he was determined that no matter what, that his life was going to bring glory to Jesus. In any way possible, his life was going to bring glory to Jesus. When was the last time that you pointed someone to Jesus? I wonder what would happen in our city if we all made the decision that no matter what, God's going to get the glory from my life. Would people see the way that we live our lives and become attracted 
to Jesus. And what would happen in your life if you made the decision that no matter what, it's all about Jesus? Would you make the same decisions you've been making? Would you be worried about what other people are thinking? Would you, like John, constantly be pointing people to Jesus? What, what would your life look like if today you made the decision that it's all about Jesus? And I'm going to begin to make it all about Jesus. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. So we've got to make it all about Jesus. Here's the second thing, if you're taking notes, that I believe we can learn from this text today. For all of us who say that we are Christians, here's a question that Jesus asked that many of us probably need to wrestle with today, and it's this question. What do you want? What do you want? If you call yourself a Christian, what do you want? In John 1, verse 35... Let's read a few verses. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed him. And then check out what Jesus does. Jesus looked around and saw them following. And this is what he asked them. What do you want? What do you want? You just left him to come follow me. What are you What are you wanting? What, what's, what's the reason behind this? Why, why did you leave over there to come over here and follow me? And here's something that we know about Jesus, that Jesus has a way of just getting right to it, doesn't he? <laughs> Two people, Jesus, these people don't, they come behind Jesus or following Jesus, and Jesus isn't like, cool. Got some people following. This is awesome. No, he turns around and he sees people following him. And he says, what do you want? What do you want? Why would Jesus ask this question? Well, these two guys were obviously seeking something. What would it take for you to be standing next to somebody? And somebody to walk by. And that person say, there he is right there, there's Jesus. And you just leave. And go follow Jesus. You just drop it right there. Like, whoop, John, see ya. We're going to follow that guy. They were obviously looking for something. They had something in mind. They had an expectation in mind. And they had to wrestle with this question. What do you want? Do you want fame? Are you wanting power? Are you wanting adventure? Are you wanting somebody to associate with? Are you wanting an answer to the question when somebody asks you, are you a Christian? You can say yes. What do you want? Do you want a title? Do you want a position? What would, what would happen today if Jesus walked into the room in the flesh and sat down next to you and said, you believe in me? Yeah. What do you want? What do you want? Title? Position? Cool answer? Get out of hell free card? What do you want? If Jesus was sitting right next to you, and asked you, what would be your answer? And here's why I think this question is so important. 
Because Jesus already knew something that he would teach his disciples later on in his ministry. And this is in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. This is, this is on down the road. This is what Jesus says to his disciples. If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. You guys still want to follow? You still, you still with me? I love the instance in, in Scripture where Jesus is teaching, and he's saying some things that are offensive that the people don't like, and the people start to leave, and he turns around and looks at his disciples, he says, you're not going to leave too, are you? Peter's response, well, where are we going to go? <laughs> to whom shall we go? I don't know. I guess we're going to stick with you. See, Jesus, Jesus has a way of, of, of asking us questions <laughs> that he obviously already knows the answer to. But he's asking you today so that you can work it out in your heart what do you want? What do you want? Because we have the entire Bible to read <laughs> to see the end when, it, when it's getting closer to Jesus giving his life and, and he's teaching the disciples things and he says, you say you want to follow me. You say that you're a Christian. But let me just tell you what that looks like. It looks like denying yourself, setting aside selfish interests, taking up your cross, having a willingness to endure whatever may come, following him, believing in him, conforming to his example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps even dying because of faith in him. So let me ask you a question. Because that sounds like devotion. That sounds like purpose. That sounds like hard times. That sounds like it may not be easy. That sounds like I need to look inside my heart and really decide today. Do I really want to follow Jesus? Do I really, do I really want to follow Jesus? Or am I just looking for somebody to associate myself with? Am I looking for somebody that I can read about a little bit and kind of pick some stuff out and feel good about myself and associate myself with? And when somebody asks me, are you a Christian? Do you go to church? Yeah, I'll go to that church. And yeah, I'm a Christian. And yeah, I got saved when I was seven. And yeah, Jesus isn't asking you today if you're saved. He's saying, what do you want? Do you want an associate or do you want to follow? And I would submit to you today that Jesus is looking for followers. If you read all through the Gospels, Jesus' constant call was to follow. <laughs> Not, you never see Jesus walking around and seeing somebody say, Hey, tell people you know me. Hey, tell them we had that conversation. See you next Sunday. Here's what Jesus says. Follow me. 
follow me. Hey, you follow me. Hey, hey, you over there, follow me. And then he tells us what that might look like. Could it, could it be that some of us get upset with God because we've never wrestled with the question of what we want? And we're seeking out things that we think we want to follow Jesus until we start following Jesus. And then it gets hard. And then it's like, you know, I think I like the other Jesus better. I think I liked it better before things got hard. I think I liked it better before I had to conform and be transformed and, and become like him. I think I liked it before I was a follower. I think I, I think I liked it before I had to pick up my cross and lay down all my selfishness and put others above me. I think I liked it before that. But Jesus is asking you and me today, what do you want? What do you want? And here's the third thing, the final thing that we're going to talk about today. Is that time with Jesus changes the way we know him. Time with Jesus changes the way we know him. I'm going to bring the worship team back up. I want to go back to verse 38 and read a few verses toward the end of the, the text that we read earlier. It says, Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Don't you, don't you love people that answer a question with a question? <laughs> Jesus, says, Jesus says, hey, I see you following me. What is it that you want? You know, Jesus, where are you staying at? Where you been hanging out? They don't even answer the question. <laughs> Maybe it's because in the moment they don't know what to do with the question, like some of you that might be sitting here right now thinking, if Jesus is asking me what do I want, how would I answer that question? Maybe, maybe, maybe they're trying to deflect. And Jesus' response, he says, well, just come and, come and see. Come and see. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard that, what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Now, the Bible in this text does not tell us what happened in a few hours that they remained with Jesus. It says, about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus says, Come and see. You ask where I'm staying, come and see. They go in, and they spend the rest of the day with Jesus. And all of a sudden, Andrew, who's one of the two that left John to go follow Jesus, whenever he steps away from John to follow Jesus, when he asks the question, he says, Teacher, where are you staying? And after a few hours with Jesus, did you see what, <laughs> what he does? A few hours with Jesus, he gets up and he goes, and he's, i got to find my brother. I've got to go find my brother. He goes and finds his brother, and this is what he tells his brother. We have found, not the teacher, we have found the Messiah. We have found the Christ. We have found the one that we have been waiting on. Can I tell you today that when you get in the presence of Jesus, it changes how you know him. Just a few hours in the presence of Jesus answering a question 
come, come see where I'm staying. And we don't know what happened. But what we do know is that whatever happened caused Andrew to get up, go find his brother, and say, we found him. We found him. Can I submit to you today that whatever you need God to be to you, if you, if you need to know God as healer, you can know him in that way whenever you get in his presence. If you need to know God as your peace, you can get in his presence and he can reveal himself as peace. They got in his presence and he went from being teacher to the one we've been waiting on our whole lives. The Messiah, the Lamb of God, the one who's taking away the sin of the world, the one that came from God himself. If you need God to be your comfort, to be your rest, to be whatever, time in his presence changes how you know him. So when was the last time that you got alone in the presence of God? When was the last time that you said, "This I'm going to get in the presence of God. I'm going to open the word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship for a little bit. I'm going to allow God to reveal himself. This is what I need him to be. God is that. God is that. And you know him in those ways when you spend time in his presence. He goes from being teacher to Messiah. Will you stand to your feet today? I want to give you just a few things to consider as we end today. And I'm going to pray for you. We're going to sing one final song. Just some things maybe for you to consider today, this week. Am I making my life about me or about Jesus? Just ask yourself, am I making my life about me or about Jesus? Ask the Holy Spirit, am I making my life about me or am I making it about Jesus? Am I truly devoted to following Jesus no matter the cost? Or does does your commitment stop at heart? When it gets tough, that's where I draw the line. When I feel discouraged, that's where I draw the line. Or is your commitment and your devotion to Jesus so strong that you would follow him anywhere, no matter what the cost, no matter what it cost you, no matter what it looked like, you're following him. And is Jesus someone that I associate myself with Or is he actually Lord of my life? Is Jesus somebody that I just associate myself with? I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Or is he really Lord of my life? Does he really have control? Have I given him permission to operate in my life? associates as he is followers I would dare say that the enemy might leave you alone if 
you're just associating yourself with Jesus. Why did Jesus say that you have to do all these things? You got to lay down selfishness. You got to you got to pick up your cross. You got to you got to be transformed. You got to become like me. You've got to even be willing to die for faith in me. Maybe it's because when you make the decision to follow, the enemy makes the decision to attack. Are you an associate? follower and God's call for you today is to follow is to follow to follow so Lord we thank you today we thank you for your word thank you for speaking to us God thank you for challenging us Lord I pray over every person that's in this room right now Lord, I believe that you are calling, you are calling people right now to follow. People that have been just associated with you, you're calling them right now to follow. People that have just wanted an answer for a question, you're calling them to follow. People that have given up at some point when it got hard and difficult, you're calling them again to follow. To follow. we say we want to follow you wherever you lead us wherever you take us no matter the cost we will follow you we will follow you we will follow you and Lord as we sing this last song and we declare that you are God of all creation that we long to be with you Lord, that we breathe and we live to worship you. I pray as we sing this song that it would not be words, but that it would be something that happens on the inside of every person in this room. That there would be a new revelation that we live and breathe to worship you. Have your way, Jesus.